On the show, the summer of cricket has begun down under, but with the paywall up, did anyone see it? Hoop dreams. After months of waiting, the NBL will tip off next month. And the world's best tennis stars will be coming down under, just not to Adelaide. That's all coming up next on The Press Box. Another great welcome to you. It's a Friday special of The Press Box. I know we're a little late this week, but you know what? All for the better. We're going to have a bit of fun tonight and today on the show. Guys, welcome to you. How are we, boys? It's uh, my uh, body clock's out. Uh, well, what, what, what day is it? Is it Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday? Weird. I don't know. How many uh, weeks off you had now? You've been uh, lazing at home for a bit. <laughs> no, no, it's uh, second week, uh, second week. So, um, uh, yeah, my uh, lovely mum's had a knee replacement. So I've been uh, um, a doctor or a nurse or a physio or whatever you want to call it, trying to be. So, uh, but uh, she's back up on her feet and uh, I get to go back to work uh, next week. So uh, I think it's Thursday, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it is when you're talking to us. It's going to be Friday when this drops. But uh, yeah, no, I hope your uh, mum's all well because that's a hard, hard time for you. Not the way you want to spend yeah. your holidays, but anyway. <laughs> Uh, no, it, it's all right. Uh, she's getting better because uh, I'm uh, 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 copping grief again, so uh, she's fine. What do you like as a part-time doctor? <laughs> uh, I'm a fast. <laughs> fast would be the best way to describe <laughs> my uh, medical ability. <laughs> oh, mate, I'm sure you. I'm sure you look after her, right? Um, we've got a bit to get through tonight. Um, we've got to get to the cricket, which has uh, been big in the last seven days, which is good. It's finally nice to have it back on our shores. The basketball's been happening, uh, plenty of tennis. But um, unfortunately tonight, the rundown belongs to Jace Kemp and Dale Fletcher because they've asked for minutes off the top, which is never a good sign. So Yeah, well, the, sometimes you've just got to voice your opinions. And you know, we feel like this is one of those times. And, and, and I have to say, and I have to reach out to my man, Dale, because since we've been recording this podcast, what, two years ago, it's no secret that some of us have started to develop a little bit of a profile. There are stocks in the media landscape have started to soar and they've started to branch out and do uh, a few other things. And I'm all for it. I'm all for uh, you know going out and getting what you're worth and getting out into the marketplace and really testing your value and and really capitalising while the moment is hot. But yeah, come I on, Dale stand, Fletcher. Gee whiz. What, what I can't stand, Dale, is when <laughs> someone wants to soak up all the spotlight for themselves. They don't. They don't want to let it shine on anyone else. Now, on the, last week, I was in my car and I just happened to be driving home and I, I remembered that one of our podcast brothers uh, runs a cricket show and he, he does a cricket show on Saturday nights at 6pm. He, he hosts a cricket show on 5AA and, of course, I wanted to, to tune in and have a listen to it and and, and the person uh, is a co-host of that cricket show with another person. His name is Paul Bonza. Now, Very good, Paul. Paul Paul is a great fella. He's also a really good colour commentator. He, he, he commentates the NBL. He commentates the Sandfall. And I know he commentates cricket as well. So I thought, you beauty, I want to have a listen to to, to hear uh, Paul and uh, his co-host in Sam Tugwell, none other than Sam Tugwell. And, and of course, Paul's probably a, a little bit more experienced in this field. So I really wanted to hear them shine. So anyway, I flicked on the station at 6pm and, and uh, this is what I heard. On 1395 Adelaide's 5AA, this is the First Eleven Cricket Show. Got him! Well, that's a good way to do it. Very close. Out! Good shot. Pulled away. Four runs. Bang. Hits that one away. That's six. 
It's all about me. Me, 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 me. How's that? Oh. I tell you what, it's, it, Sam would have been going to Paul when that intro was made, Paul. Oh. How about this one? How about another one of me commentating the wickets? Oh. I just sound really good here, Paul. I think I think this one should go in me calling another wicket here. Or how this LBW sound, Paul? I reckon this oh. one should go in as well. There's no, it's just the damn tub wheel show. Where the bloody hell is Paul Bonza? He was in there. I thought, I thought you did this show together, but it's all about me. <laughs> he was in get, there. Get, yeah. <laughs> it's oh, quite funny oh. that uh, apparently Jason and I brought that to the table, but uh, this is the first time I've talked in the last, what, 35 minutes, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, whatever. Uh, I, I, heard, I heard that too and I went, Fair income. That's oh, that, that's 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 floggish, really. In it, really, oh. when you when you listen to it back. And but the the best, your best part of the whole Shield commentary, the Tim Payne catch, didn't even get a mention. That's the best one. <laughs> oh, what it the best on the cutting room floor, and that's the bit that Kempy put on the news. Yes, <laughs> he did. Quarter main buddy went to it. That was good. No, come on. There was no and room left. I didn't, there was just nothing. Paul was like, I can't have another one in there. Surely <laughs> not. <laughs> I didn't make and that this, intro. This is from a man who only commentated half the sessions. Poor old Bonds was there. <laughs> he, he, he commentated every single ball oh, of the whole hub. That's so true. Couldn't even scrape a highlight in. <laughs> you've, hit, you've hit the nail on the head there, Dale. Poor old Paul. He's commentating every ball. And then Sam Tugwell just rolls in <laughs> with a couple of overs left to go and just calls all the best stuff. I really feel for Paul. Oh, there was actually – it's quite a fun – it was a running joke during the Shield. There was a, there was probably about two days in a row because I'm only doing the first sessions in the midday and the weekdays. And there was probably two days in a row where I would come on for the last 20 minutes of the session and all the wickets would fall in that 20 minutes and then I'd bugger off for lunch and nothing would happen for the rest of the day. <laughs> and they were filthy at me. They go, you've got all the bloody highlights, you snob. Oh, mate. But I didn't put that intro together. You guys are stitching me up here. I didn't do that. Someone else has put oh, yeah, that together. Right. That, no, this that, is <laughs> this is wrong. That's a pass for fast. I, I, oh. do, I, I do not believe that. One little oh, hand on my heart. That's poor. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad the press box opener's better. At least all three of us have a little bit. Is this equal? We we work it out. We work it out about 45 seconds before we actually say it, but yep. at least we work it out. But at least it's nice and equal. Not Jeez. None of this. Jeez. Fair income. You've been dismissed, Douglas. We should get more bonds on, more bonds on this show so we can get a little bit of airtime because at the moment it's just step aside, Bonds. It's just going to be I'm going to take up the first 15. I'll let you get in just before the ad break and then it'll come back to me. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's sort of rolling at the moment. It's actually funny, Jace, because Bonds has been on the press box yes. and you didn't rock up. Yeah. On <laughs> I'll, have get, I'll have to get him back on when I'm on air because we have to sort this out really quick. Oh, hugely <laughs> ironic. No, he'll come on. He's a good listener of the show. He loves the show. And boys, oh, okay, is that is that it from you boys? Because I've I was going to pull this out later, but you know I'm going to pull it out now because you've really rolled me up. Oh dear, no, I've, I've, <laughs> he's got the wild I've, card. I've brought, in the back pocket. 
I've brought a rocket, and I'm pretty happy with this. So, oh, here we go. no boys. Now, I'm I'm real happy with this. On because uh, I hope you guys have got your New Year's Eve plans. Because uh, and if anyone listening hasn't, I've I've got one right. I've got one for you. So you're sorted, okay? So, Jace Kemp has done a great thing and uh, done some promoting on Facebook during the week, which I love. It's uh, there's a there's a New Year's Eve party uh, that you can all attend. I'm, I'm assuming it's free. Um, it's at the Uni Bar at Adelaide Uni on the College Green. Absolutely fantastic place for these sort of things. It's called the Almost most famous New Year's Eve party, magnificent. Now, I, this is this is what I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm going to head along because I'm not much of a, a muso, but I, I like I like the idea of heading from the Big Bash on on uh, New Year's Eve night and heading on down to the Adelaide Uni just down the street and uh, enjoying New Year's with some friends. I hope Dale can come because I know Jace is going to be there. Jace has promoted it because he's actually going to be involved. Now, before you speak, Jace, this is magnificent. There's two stages. And I know DJ's a big, uh, you know, it's a real big thing in Adelaide. It's a great scene, and D- and Jace has been a part of it in the past. And there's is two there, stages. Is there a, a past stage and a fast stage? No, no. But there's a, there's a, there's the main oh. stage. There's always the main stage wherever you go, and then there's also the almost famous stage, which I, I suppose <laughs> is for the up and comers or for those who aren't quite up to the up to the level. Right? That's the fast stage. Yeah, probably that's the fast. Probably stage, yeah. yeah. So, so yep. oh, well, let's not be disrespectful. But but there's. <laughs> But Jason obviously want to go to the main stage just to come and watch and uh, and be a part of the real big gigs. Well, anyway, I've gone through the, the list of, of DJs that'll be on this. And, uh, you know, the almost famous stage, and there's some good ones in there. There's a few to-be-confirmed special guests and bits and pieces. So that's, that looks nice. But I thought, let's go to that main stage. Dale and I can go there, and Jace will be around, I'm sure. We'll be main stage. Anyway, going through the list of people, there's Sarez, there's John Morley, there's Armac, there's all these people I've never heard of, but they, they could be great. I'm sure they're amazing. They're sensational. This is good. But then I get, be naive. No, I'll get to the main stage, the bottom of the list. The there, is, there is a name that we are familiar with. He's coming out of retirement. And I'm not talking about a man who went into retirement five days ago, Matty Burgess, fresh till death. Well done on your career. Very big career. No, no, no. He's been out of this game for four years. He's coming straight back in and straight back onto the main stage. Our man, DJ Jace Kemp. Main stage New Year's oh, Eve at Adelaide Uni. Main oh, event. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, boy. What's, um, t- Tuggers, what's, what's, what's the event called? What's the event called? <laughs> the almost famous again? New Year's Eve party. The almost famous. <laughs> 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 oh, has, has, has it got a barrel? Has it got a barrel, that event? <laughs> Jesus, it... down the bottom of the barrel, <laughs> wouldn't it? Sometimes oh. you just have to appease the masses, oh. and that's what. And, and I and I and make no mistake about that. You know, oh. I got the phone call, and it was came a, a couple of weeks ago, and said, "Would you like to be a part of the main?" And as soon as he, he didn't even have to say the first word, I said, "Yes, I'll I'll be on the main stage. Oh. I'll, I'll be there, New Year's Eve, front and center. I'll make sure my press box oh. co-host, my my co-host Sam." <laughs> Make sure they have a VIP entry to yes. this event. So we'll celebrate yes. after the big bash, after the strikers win the uh, the big bash yes. and easy that the famous are doing. They can roll down straight. Don't have to light. <laughs> don't have to get in the queue with uh, uh, Joe Blow. They just oh, roll straight to the front. They just present their oh, oh. phone. They check in. They do the COVID safe thing, and they wander straight to VIP. Oh. And I'll have a drink waiting from. I'm a big I'll fan of this. Oh. <laughs> it might be almost famous, but I will tell you what, <laughs> we'll make the most of it. Well, can I just <laughs> say, Jace, before because I'm not done. I'm not done. And the funniest bit of this no, is, no, I, I want to ask one question. Okay, quick. J- Jace Kemp's name is right down the bottom. Yeah, right. Of this flyer, so so Jace, does that mean that you're first 
and get oh, you're the curtain, you're yeah, the curtain cool. raiser well, to well, the main stage, well, or does that not... mean that you are the cutting edge, right? The, well, well, the real I'm top chill doing the right countdown at midnight. <laughs> yes. Well, I'll answer that question by letting you know that I actually have to work at Channel Ten on New Year's Eve, and the event start. I, I'm working from nine till six, and the event starts at six. So if I am, if I am starting. I, there's not going to be a lot of room for me to get there. Not going to be a lot of time for me to go from ten to jump on that stage. He'll be up there with his camo and his bloody blue suit. <laughs> Please, all the bosses at Channel Ten, make Jace Kemp do a live cross from the main stage. <laughs> yeah, just do it. Some of the people it's, it's I work with, absolute layup. Some oh. of the people I work with already wanted. They've already asked me to strap a GoPro to myself so they can use it as footage for the countdown. Oh my like. goodness! <laughs> we haven't even got to the best bit, boys. So here we go. So and, and the most There's more and the fun. Yeah, there is, and it gets better. Oh. But the funniest bit of all this right now is while we're literally recording this, boys. Someone called Matt Montgomery, who's clearly a big listener of the show, so shout out to Matt Montgomery, has just tweeted me this exact poster for the almost famous New Year's Eve party on Twitter because he wants it on the show. Oh, it's magnificent. Thank you, Matty. Uh, I can't believe we're all on top of this. But this is the best bit. So I, so obviously, in, in real interest of what DJ Kemp can do, I went online to do a bit of research, and I was really keen oh, to find yeah. out what we wanted to, uh, what he's done in the past. I want to hear his music. I want to hear his hits. I tell you what, I tell you what, I don't even need to explain. I don't even need to set it up. I just need to play it. So enjoy a little something from 2013 when DJ Kemp was really, really big. In 2013, DJ Jace Kemp was selected to tour with Pepsi Australia, also supporting Crookers and Pointer Robinson. He's no stranger also to the festival scene playing at Stereosonic on multiple occasions. DJ Jace Kemp holds many residencies in his hometown of South Australia and we'll be speaking to him right now. I've been DJing in Adelaide for around about five years now. Uh, it's something that I started doing just as a hobby and then it quickly snowballed and, into something that I you know, love and, and do as a profession. This sort of thing I did was uh, working for Heaven actually was the first big thing that I did and uh, we did um, a club cast which was on Fresh FM which was on a local radio station and from there it sort of led to bigger and better things and, and, and you know having that and um, working with senior DJs was really helpful in, in my progression through DJing and so yeah that was a huge moment doing playing in a main stage in front of you know seven eight hundred people on a Saturday night and then also having that broadcast on Fresh FM was amazing. What I love it so it, for me it's something that um, it's not hard to do like it's not hard to stand up in front of a thousand people and put your hands in the air and really get them up and about and and for me it's not it's not like going to work or having a job it's it's something that I am passionate about and I love doing it. And so when I do it and, it, and everything seems to happen and seems to come together, it, it's not hard work at all. <laughs> wow. What a stitch-up. Wow. Tuggers, <laughs> I, I, was, I was waiting oh. for some beats. I oh. didn't want to hear I didn't want to hear a DJ that had, had, hadn't, hadn't even had a shave. No. hadn't even. You're, you're 12? Yeah, <laughs> you're just about, mate. Gee whiz. Oh, gee, I want a stitch up. For, oh, for me, real quick. That, that, that is me, so much of a stitch up. For me, it's something that's not very hard to do. Oh, he's just <laughs> pumping himself up. 
It's easy. What about, what about the I, I like uh, standing in front of 200,000 people with my hand in the air? <laughs> Getting them up and about. Oh, give me a spell. Oh, that's that's flattened me out. I'm rattled from that. <laughs> oh. Oh, I'm still going, dude. though, New Year's Eve. I'm still going. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm gee, front and centre. Oh, oh. I don't think I don't think you're ever going to top this. You save this moment, Tuggers, because I just don't think you're ever going to top this ever again. And I swear, and I just and and anyone out there listening to this on Twitter or on Facebook, don't at me at all. I'm not replying. At the hell out of him, guys. At him hard. Oh, but uh, but but Tuggers, we 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 need to make sure that. DJ Kemp's in form, don't yeah, we? Yeah, we, we, do. we? We need because it's been what four years. It Jay? is. Four, He's rusty. Four years. Four years. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you got to you got to have a rehearsal. So I'm oh, proposing. Right. Okay. I, I'm proposing <laughs> that you that uh, we uh, do a you do a rehearsal for us, sort of a real real unplugged type rehearsal, to, <laughs> just, just to make sure that you're ready. For the big night. Like a press box fan sort of uh, family party or something. Yeah. Something for the listeners. I reckon. We all just get together somewhere. A bit of a dance sort of. (laughs) There's no dancing allowed at the moment. No, you can't do that. We just have to go there and and critique and enjoy. (laughs) Can't be hard to press play, can it? You got You up for it, Jace? Yeah, of course I am. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. All right. We'll find a date and time. So, uh, so what? What are the usually uh, a DJ set? The first couple, couple of the opening tracks are the real key ones. So you're going to start with the Crows and the Port Adelaide <laughs> theme song remixes. Yeah, surely I have to. I have to. Oh, I haven't. No, I still have to download those things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, oh. I'm gonna put those remixes up first before I do anything else. Otherwise, oh, uh, dear me. Oh, okay. Should we straighten up a little? Because, um, geez, no, it's no, not really. Time. No, I want to keep going. What do you, you, you got? Anything? This is this is, this is great fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jason said oh. enough. <laughs> I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna put in bumper requests that night, Jace. I'm going to be that person that go, comes up, can you play this one? Come on, mate. Where's can you play this one? Come on. Security, do you see that bike down there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, I'll, and I'll be like, nah, security, uh, that man gave me this yeah. little lanyard around my neck that says that oh, it's um, uh, going nowhere. Oh, boy. Well, get on down to Adelaide Uni New Year's Eve and you see Jace Kemp in all his glory uh, just pumping out the tunes, making it look easy. Uh, man, let's talk cricket. Um, it's all begun, finally. We've had a week of one-dayers, and uh, it all was shown on Fox Cricket, which meant half the country didn't see it, if not more, which um, I think stirred up a lot of the natives. Uh, it's our national game, and everyone wants to see uh, their national team playing on telly, but uh, when you have to uh, watch it from behind a paywall, it's pretty hard. Not really. Just uh, spend the money if you want to pay. If you want to, if you want to watch it, pay for it. It's as uh, simple as that. And uh, I know I did, and uh, the, the the ratings were through the roof. So uh, for the for everyone uh, that uh, complained, there was just as many people uh, that, that was watching it. So uh, it's uh, it's the way the world uh, is going uh, these days. So uh, it's it's been happening in the states forever. Like uh, if you wanted to watch your uh, Get access to your um, uh, your favourite teams or um, playing in um, it, whatever sport it is. Uh, y- you pay for it, so it's really uh, y- you pay for what you want to see. So there's no issue from my end. Uh, 
Yeah, there's no issue from IND either in terms of making sure that they want to get as much money. They've spent a lot of money on, on the rights to have cricket. So they want to try and, you know, make sure that they get some of that money back. The gripe that I sort of have is the promotion of it. And to, to put this into context, my father has Foxtel. My mum and dad have Foxtel mm. at their place. And I went for dinner last night. And uh, and I said, Dad, are you going to watch the cricket? And he goes, is it on? <laughs> it's on right now. And it's, uh, there's just been no sort of outside promotion. I think that's been kind of poor. And when leading up to the first ODI, no one knew it was happening. If you were following it really closely, you did. But I think there's a lot of people probably missed out for the first ODI because there was, you know, one, probably because they couldn't watch it because it was behind a paywall. But two, they probably didn't know that it was on at that time because there had been so little promotion for it. So that's probably my main gripe with the whole thing. Well, I'll say to that because exactly, Channel 7 isn't going to promote um, One Day Cricket because it's not on their mm. channels. So free to air, there was just none of it anywhere. So yeah. And that's usually where you get a good idea of what's what's coming up in, in the world of sport is when you've got all the footy promos running for a month on Channel 7, you know that footy season's about to get going. But And you hear it on the radio and stuff. Cricket's not really a, a sport you hear much. You know, it's, it's not a lot of sports shows talk about about a lot, you know, the cricket and, and going in depth about all the players and the, and the bits and pieces. It's just sort of a, when it's happening, you talk about it and that's about it and the issues surrounding. So you're right, the promotion wasn't really there and because it was behind a paywall, the only promotion you'd see was on Fox and most people aren't sitting there waiting uh, to watch the cricket when it's on Fox. Unless you've got it, you just switch it on whenever you want to and watch it. So yeah, it's it's tough and I'd love to think that our country could embrace cricket better. It's my favourite sport and, and there's no shying away from that. I think it's quite obvious that I just love it. But unless you're an avid watcher and, and follower, you just you probably had no idea. Yeah, it's uh, well, basketball's uh, my favourite sport too, and that's been on uh, pay behind a paywall for years or decades, mm. really. So uh, it's only been uh, recently that, uh, that the NBL came back uh, uh, to SBS once a week, I think it is. So, um, but uh, the 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 only the only issue I sort of have with it is, you know, that it's. The, the game isn't readily available to the kids out there. So every, every kid in Australia who can watch Steve Smith get 100 off 60 balls. It's only the the kids that have uh, the parents that um, can afford um, pay TV that, that, that can watch it. So uh, that that's that that's the only that's the only thing um, I feel for is the kids out there. But I, I'm sure that. Um, there would be uh, families that uh, got together, or friends, or mates that, uh, that someone um, has uh, KO or Fox Sports or something like that. Or we, us three, for instance, used uh, two boys would come around and watch it anyway. So there, there would be people um, that still watched it that uh, um, don't have a sub- uh, subscription. It doesn't feel like the summer of cricket anymore. Like I remember going back when I was a kid, and and it might sound a bit funny because I work for a, a rival station, but going back when I was a kid and listening to the Channel Nine adverts, when you know that cricket was coming up, that they'd have the the classic theme song, um, and you'd know that they'd play the highlights and of, of the seasons past, and you'd know you'd hear Warney and you'd, you know Steve War and all those sort of characters. You know that the cricket was about to come, and 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 it felt like you were, you know, in a part of the summer of cricket. Now it just doesn't have that build up anymore. It's it really lacks that sort of drive. And like you said, Dale, it's the kids that are the ones that are going to miss out for the next generation because they're not growing up, you know, having this sort of um, blasted all over their TV screens. You know, making sure that you know the, the kids when they get home from school they can still tune in and, and watch the test match. You know, it's part of the best part of growing up. 
Yeah, well, it is the broadcast deal really that uh, that has changed in this generation because you know when, when I was growing up, uh, footy was on seven, cricket was on nine, so you knew that after September you just change the channel it, and it was like it was like that for decades so uh it's like okay the grand footy grand final is over it's it's now on uh the remote uh arc welded to <laughs> channel nine for yeah. five months well back when i was a kid it wasn't even remote control so uh, there you go you had to get up off your seat and change the dial Flick but it. uh but but yeah it's just the broadcast deals now so the different channels have different sports and uh you don't really know what what's on where really if you're just a, a common uh sport fan but you're right, and Jace is spot on in that. And we can all be nostalgic and, and look back and with, you know, those, those rose-coloured glasses and, and want to hear, you know, Richie Benno again and Bill Laurie and all those great callers, which are the sounds of summer and, and the colours of summer. you got the, you know, the greens on the, on, the, on the scoreboard and all the things that you just... Everything about cricket back in the 2000s, the 90s, whatever, go all the way back you want. Channel 9 really did invest a lot of time in making cricket uh, a, a stalwart in your lounge room uh, for decades, and they did it so well. And everything about it, you just, as you said, Dale, you just switch it on to nine in summer, and you just know any day of the week there could be cricket on. You don't even need the promotion. You just know it's going to be on at least at some stage. Now it's almost a forgotten thing, and you don't know which channel to switch over into. And the Big Bash came in on Channel 10. Uh, uh, you know, when that hopped onto free-to-air, man, that changed everything. And you're flicking back between nine for the test match during the day over to 10 for the Big Bash at night, and it was magnificent. But ever since Fox took back the cricket, and it was an even an issue in the early Big Bash days when Fox had the Big Bash, people were going, geez, we really don't get a chance to see this 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 great new competition that Cricket Australia have built because it's behind a paywall. And once it came to Channel 10 and Free-to-Air saw it, the whole nation took it and loved it, and, and, and it boomed. Now that it's back behind Fox International Cricket, it's it's a real worry. And one day internationals were already struggling to flourish because they were saying that's the slow, boring version of you know, of cricket now, that doesn't help when it's behind a paywall and people can't embrace what is what were two of the three really amazing performances by Australia with the bat. And that's what you want your kids to see. Steve Smith and, and co hit mass runs, which were entertaining. Well, uh, if, if you did uh, have a, a KO, or if you do have a KO subscription, uh, uh, well, oh, first of all, uh, congratulations, you superstar. But then you would also... <laughs> You would also would have sat through the longest one-day international in history ever. Yeah. I reckon. I reckon the the game one. I reckon went for. I, I reckon test matches. I reckon some test matches went uh, shorter <laughs> than that. Uh, one day around it, on on uh, Friday night, geez, it would have been it would have been a sports editor's nightmare yeah. on uh, Friday night. Um, for uh, at 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 the Tizer, um, I, I, I don't know who was on, but they would would have been pulling their hair out because you have to give a rough time. They're like, oh, what what time will the game finish? Okay, ten o'clock. You know, everything will get on the page and we'll be done by ten thirty. Well, uh, <laughs> when it gets to that ten thirty. <laughs> And the game's still bloody going. <laughs> Gee whiz, that would have been absolute mayhem. And uh, <laughs> I just saw, saw the game go longer and longer. I went, oh, dear, I'm, I'm, I'm glad uh, I'm not in the, the office tonight. So talk us through that. Is there someone that's watching the game and then they have to – is it just making sure that they get the last details on the page to, to, to print the, the thing? And how does it work? 
Yeah, so uh, so full of the advertiser, there's there's a country edition that goes at uh, eight o'clock. So uh, there would be so that your, your double page spread that, that that you see in the paper. Um, so for first edition, that that uh, the the journal- journalists at the ground would write first edition copy. So they just write about the first innings and you know color from that. And there's a scoreboard and photos and stuff like that. And for for the whole for the metro edition or the second edition, uh, it just com- it completely changes um, to to the result. So uh, obviously the scoreboard changes, and you know the the angle of the story clearly changes, and you got to use photos from 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 the night session. So it look, you know, so it looks um, real up to date. So uh, yeah, so you got to give uh, the print center a, a rough time, um, and usually during during footy season, it's fine because there's no, you know, extra time or anything like that for for footy. So it sort of it, it works like clockwork. But uh, with cricket, uh, it's a nightmare, and uh, Friday night uh, would have been a nightmare. Yeah, that's not good. And you, obviously, the game, I think it went for like the game was meant to finish ten ten in Sydney. It went to like fifteen minutes past eleven. It was just over an hour. It was a ridiculous amount of time. Like it, it, slow over rates are an issue in the world of cricket at the moment. But that was just that was next level. And I don't think a, a, what the team got fined twenty percent or something of their match fees for the game. Like that just doesn't seem adequate enough. But nonetheless, I mean. The cricket was actually fantastic, regardless of the, the lateness of the first game. The, the three games, I thought, were fantastic. And I don't know if you guys saw much of it, but I really thought one-day cricket was alive and well when I saw Australia hitting scores near 400. And, and with the bat, you know, India were chasing pretty well, you know, for the most part until the end. And Australia would, you know, keep them in check and, and you know, end up winning the first two games. I thought they were just great games. And I don't care if people think, geez, 400, that's too much. The bat's competitive. Like, it was actually really fun to watch because we're all about snackable um, interesting content all the time there was no middle period in a one day which is what used to be the boring bit of slow hang on to your wicket go at four and over and and go hard at the end the whole thing the whole 50 overs was bang 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 it was entertainment the whole way through which I think is what all you can ask for with one day cricket nowadays yeah, well, it helps when you got uh, Steve Smith on your side too. Uh, yeah. two, two centuries <laughs> off uh, sixty balls, it, uh, lightning uh, struck twice, didn't it? It was uh, unbelievable. And for someone who uh, um, reportedly had vertigo and couldn't feel his hands, oh, no. then jeez, uh, I can't wait till he doesn't have vertigo and and can feel his hands. Gee whiz, I wouldn't want to be uh, an Indian bowler if if that happens. But uh, um, yeah, the, the the Australian batting was. Um, sublime, really, and uh, um, and I have to tip my hat to to my man who I bagged all last year, uh, Aaron Finch. Uh, he he uh, <laughs> he's he's actually hitting him uh, out of the middle, so uh, uh, good on him. And he seems to be in a bit of form, but uh, but boys, it's my man, Maxi. He the, you forget Steve Smith's hundreds, Glenn Maxwell, absolute superstar, and uh, really. Uh, when he got out on Wednesday night, that that was the game. That, that's that's when I switched it off. It was game over. I went, oh, well, the yeah, big show's reverse. gone. We're gone. Game over. That, that reverse sweep six is something else, I think. He just yeah. has that power where he can just do phenomenal things when he hits it. It's, it's incredible to watch. It feels like also that we're living in a time where um, I think Josh Money, who I work with uh, at 10, he says that it feels like with – 
um, Steve Smith and Virat Kohli. We're living in a time where it's like Cristiano Ronaldo and and Lionel Messi playing. You know, at the same time, it's just we're we're two generational players. You know, playing their best cricket at the same time. You know, it's phenomenal that we can go and watch them. You know, play and and you know what Steve Smith's been able to do since he's come back from. You know, obviously the, the whole situation with the ball tampering saga. It's 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 phenomenal. It shows his character more than anything. Mm. Like you said, Dale, for him to be able to even get out there and play after he had a, a, a bout of vertigo, which is I've sort of I've never had vertigo, but I, I know the and you probably have too, both you boys. You, mm. Have you ever had that feeling where the whole room sort of dizzy or or it's you know, you wake up and it's, you know, the room spins. It's 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 disorientating. It makes you feel sick and I've had it before. Mm. And it's for him to go out there and then, you know, score a century is unbelievable. Yeah, I feel like that after I've watched a DJ Kemp uh, sesh for about five <laughs> hours at <laughs> 5 a.m. No, um, no, no, it is serious. But um, it, it's just, I almost feel like, and to your point there, Jace, I feel like, and I don't know about you guys, I'll ask you, do you feel like we take these sort of times that we're in for granted, like when we were watching mm. Sachin and, and and Ricky Ponting bat ten years ago, geez, we 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 go back and long for those days. But here we are in the middle of another amazing, you know, duo with Smith and Coley out in the middle. Just incredible players. In years to come, we'd be saying, geez, we would wish to go back and watch them again. Do you think we take this for granted a little bit? Uh, sort of. I think it's uh, you. Know, I personally um, um, live in the moment, so for you know, I'm an Aussie fan, so I want. I know Virat Kohli is the the best batsman on on the opposition, and I want him out. So if you go back to the <laughs> ten, ten Dulka days, I know he's the best player in the in the batting lineup. I want him out. You know, mm. Brian Lara the same. He can go go back. Uh, Further, so uh, it's just uh, I don't think we take it for granted. I think uh, uh, I think that uh, well, I know that we'll, they're the best player, and uh, we need to get them out. And uh, once uh, retrospectively you look back, you can appreciate uh, what they've done when uh, we didn't get them out. Yeah, yeah as much as I uh, I love um, Steve Smith and, and Davey Warner, who can you know obviously put together some massive scores. I think. Uh, I think we were really fortunate to have watched that 2004, 2005, 2006 side with Warney, with, you know, yeah. um, Langer, with, you know, all these Ponting, with all Gilly, these stars, yep. and Brett Lee. Like it was oh. just, you go through that team and it's just Michael Hussey. It's just unbelievable, that team. And, and I think we were really blessed to have watched that side go through and, you know, go undefeated. They really, I think it was the 05, 06 Ashes where mm. they went, um, and I think Glenn McGrath predicted it, that they would go through undefeated, and they did. It was a whitewash. And it's, I think that was the time that I remember back to as, as the best time. But then you go back to the 90s, you, you wind it all back to the 90s, and you go to Slats and all those sort of players. Mm. So it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It, it seems like every 10 years it, we're really fortunate to have a, a really good group of players that play for Australia. Yeah, I, I agree. There's definitely always, you know, just players that you want to watch, and I suppose it's it's always going to be the uh, the generational cycle. So we'll keep an eye on it. We got 2020s coming up, and the one and the Test match in Adelaide very soon, which is exciting as well. Let's talk basketball. I know Dale's keen to talk to this because the Sixers have named themselves a new import, and the schedule very much like the AFL, just uh, wheeling out a bit of the fixture bit by bit. Yeah, the uh, NBL kickoff on. Uh... January the tenth. So uh, when uh, my boys, uh, Melbourne United, will play uh, in the Throwdown against uh, the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, uh, it, it's going to be in Melbourne somewhere. So uh, the, the fixtures released, but they, they don't know where they're going to play that game uh, just yet. Uh, you'd think uh, uh, Rod Laver Arena 
um, with the roof open, I reckon, if you're, if you're a betting man mm. uh, for that one. So I think more fans uh, will be able to uh, get into the arena if the roof's open. So it might be dubbed uh, an open um, oh, an man. open sport, open sporting event rather than a closed one. So uh, more fans might might be able to get in, uh, hopefully. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting. And uh, the Sixers this week announcing um, – Tony Crocker as uh, their final piece to the puzzle. puzzle. Um, the f- the first the first time I read Tony Crocker, the, the, I just went, "Well, it's Barry Crocker. It has to be Barry <laughs> Crocker." <just> Barry. <laughs> Let's hope he's not a Barry Crocker uh, for Sixers fans <laughs> out there. Um, but a thirty-four-year-old import, um, it has alarm bells and Barry Crocker written all over it. <laughs> Six foot seven, uh, swing man. Exciting because he's been in Europe for uh, the last decade playing, which is great. Um, he's from the US, but I think it's it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. He seems exciting. I think the list looks good for the Sixers this year. Um, they've wheeled out the schedule, which I mentioned before. Um, the first five rounds have come out. It's all going to start in January on the tenth which is basically the space where the Australian Open tennis wanted to start, but they've had to delay things. We'll talk about that shortly. But um, the NBL's basically got free air, bar the test match, um, to really dominate the January schedule of sport. Yeah, for sure. So uh, it's, a, it's a big, big coup uh, for the NBL. And uh, so they've got uh, well, it's about three and a half weeks where it's like basically nothing. Mm. Um, it's, it's just the NBL. So uh, a marketing dream uh, for the league. And uh, also after the, after those five rounds, uh, it's reported there's going to be a hub, an NBL hub um, uh, in, in, in Melbourne just to uh, as well. So And then it will go back to, uh, to home and away uh, games to finish the season. So uh, it'll, it'll be a very interesting uh, um Season. Uh, let let let's hope uh, all all the uh, guys can get on the court and uh, <laughs> touch wood as uh, calm the farm. Touch wood. Um, it, it'll, it'll all go ahead, but uh, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how many fans are allowed in uh, in in the Adelaide Entertainment Centre uh, for one. Come uh, was mm. it January seventeenth yes. against uh, the Kings? Is it the yep. Kings? Isn't it the first Kings. game? So. Yep. A retooled Sydney Kings uh, that doesn't have uh, Andrew Bogut. So uh, mm. Sixers will be uh, eyeing a win for that one, you'd think. Yeah, definitely. 39 games in 37 days is the schedule. So it's almost like a basketball frenzy. Uh, and Sixers will play eight of those games, six of them at home, which is pretty entertaining. We just touched on Andrew Bogut. I'll ask you the question. I think we asked this on our sports show during the week. Is Andrew Bogut the best Australian basketballer of all time. Let's just keep it to the males because I think Lauren Jackson's in that conversation as well. Just the males for now. Is he the best ever Australian? Uh, it's a toss-up. Um, I'm a Paddy Mills fan. So uh, I think uh, I think uh, Paddy Mills, Luke Longley and Andrew Bogut are, mm. on, are the podium for mine. I don't know what order. Maybe maybe Luke Longley because he was the trailblazer mm. uh, still still at number one, but uh, Paddy Mills and Andrew Berg are definitely on the podium. Where does uh, Ben Simmons fit in? That's what Tredders said. He said he's the number one. He's Australian. Yep. He's done nothing. <laughs> and I agree with you, Dale. <laughs> he's done absolutely nothing. Has him <laughs> uh, uh, does diddly squat. 
So all he's done, all he's done is line his bank account. That's all he's done. Treaders brought this to the table the other day, and he said because he's an all star, he's straight away bang top. Bogut was apparently never an all star. No, but uh, Andrew Bogut's a champion, and Luke Longy's a three time champion, and Paddy Mills is a champion, an Olympic uh, hero. So uh, Ben Simmons, uh, win us a gold medal in Tokyo, Ben, and uh, (laughs) you might sneak sneak onto the podium. But uh, until then. No deal. No Andrew Gaze? Oh, yeah, Gazy. <laughs> he's been forgotten. No, well, he's, he, the, 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 there's like, he's in the conversation. Oh, well, he, 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 I'm, surprised, I'm surprised you, you would you would say this, uh, Dale, because you're a, you're a Bulls fan, and, mm. and I, I was, I'm surprised that Luke Longley's not number one. Yeah. Well, he's arguably number one, but uh, you only have one, you only have one person <laughs> on the, the top podium, my Big friend. podium, yeah. All right, well, uh, we'll stuff you. All right, I'll go. All right, well, uh, I'll go. Paddy Mills is one. Gazy's two. Ga- wow. Gazy's two. Longley's three, and Bogut's four. She whiz. That's but ma- none of them. None of them. None of them will ever knock off Lauren Jackson. She, yeah, she no, is the, I mean. the, she is Australia's best ever basketballer uh, until. Ben Simmons wins five titles. Yeah, I was going to say, I think she, that's why you had to remove her from the conversation. Otherwise, it gets far too complicated because she is incredible and deserves the accolades. All right, before we go into Root of the Week, Pass the Fast, all the great segments, we have uh, confirmation that the Australian Tennis Open will be going ahead, although a little delayed. I think it's going to be delayed about three and a half, four weeks compared to what was going to be. Jay sits good news for Australia. We get our Grand Slam. Yeah, it's wonderful news for Australia. This has been in the debate and in the talking circles for a long time, and and uh, Tennis Australia was trying to do everything they can to make sure that the Australian Open goes ahead because this is their bread and butter tournament. Basically, if this doesn't go ahead, then they're in a whole world of hurt when it comes to money issues. So they had to make sure they had to try and be uh, flexible with the, the Melbourne government to make sure that they could try and get players, international players and the tennis stars that we all know and love across here to play and make sure they can draw crowds to the event. Now, they've been able to achieve that because the uh, the Melbourne or the, the Victorian government has allowed them to create a sort of a mini hub where they're going to have players that are going to fly in. And I, I believe they're actually going to stay at the Crown Casino. I believe they're part of this deal, which is massive, uh, massive news. And obviously they've got a lot of uh, – their glove box is pretty full themselves. <laughs> so, uh, so they said, well, we can house all the international players. So they're going to spend some time in the hotel, in, in the casino itself. But the whole stipulation around this was that the players wanted to be able to train. While they're in this quarantine, they didn't want to sit idle in a hotel room because it would be uh, fraught with danger in, in terms of you having these uh, high-quality international matches, tennis matches, going for four or five hours after they've literally just got out of a hotel room, they could, you know, do all sorts of damage to their body. Not only that, their form would be pretty rusty, I would have thought, not having hit a you know a proper tennis ball for 14 days. So they, after a lot of negotiations that took place, it, basically the, the government has said, yep, you can bring the international – we'll bring the international players over. They can um, quarantine in a hotel, but at the same time they're going to be allowed to do bus – Buses basically back to back and forth between Rod Laver 
arena, which is going to become like a mini hub. So no people will be allowed in and out of that hub without, you know, special accreditation. They're going to have to do all the COVID safety regulations. But it's great news, you know, that this major event, and, and I look forward to it every year because it's fantastic when mm. we have, you know, the greatest tennis players, tennis players around the world come down for this event. It's really one that I want to tick off the bucket list too. I've done the grand final. I've done the uh, the uh, Melbourne Cup and I've done a few other things, but I've never gone to see an Australian yeah. Open match. I'd love to do that. And that's the next one on the uh, the bucket list for me. So it's wonderful um, we could do this and pull this off. The unfortunate thing though is, you know, we've lost our event here in Adelaide because the pre-games uh, or the warm-up events are literally all going to be stationed in Melbourne now uh, as part of this delay for the Australian Open. But it's, it's good news all around, I think. Yeah, common sense move, uh, really. Um, first of all, I, I, uh, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, you'd, you'd lose the Adelaide International for one year to keep it for the next 10 years. So uh, Adelaide International is fine. Uh, and don't fear, tennis fans. Just have the year off and uh, sa- save up for next year. So uh, it'll, it'll be back next year, the Adelaide International, that's for sure. But uh, common sense move, uh, the crown getting on board is is massive. Um, and with the with the, the training up, the training up just had to because, you know, uh, summer of tennis, you know, you can't, you can't uh, spend 14 days in uh, air conditioning and then go out and 45 degree heat yeah. and play. <laughs> Five sets and just melt. Uh, there would be retirements and injuries uh, left, right, and centre. So, uh, yeah, uh, the 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 players uh, have to train uh, uh, during the their quarantine or isolation uh, period. So, uh, that's a common sense move. Surely, surely, Dan Andrews and the Victorian government. Surely, there's you get the right security people involved. <laughs> At Rod Laver Arena and 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 uh, all the practice courts around there, just get that right. Just bring in the army. Just just do. Just make sure no one stuffs it up, please. Yeah. Just because there's billions of dollars worth of uh, of talent uh, going to be rolling in and out there for uh, there for fourteen days. So no one stuff it up, please. Yeah. Um, don't hire Do any we... part-time pizza workers either. Oh, jeez. <laughs> fair dinkum. Um, uh, but uh, because uh, I've been to a lot, lot of sporting events too, uh, probably ticked off pretty much everything, and uh, the Australian Open is the best sporting event that I've been to by the length of the Flemington Strait. Yeah, right. It's so much better than the AFL AFL finals and um, um, international cricket and I've been to World Cup qualifiers and um, Sydney Olympics. Wow. Uh, Australian Open tennis is easily the best sporting event you can go to. For uh, You can tick every box. There's entertainment. You know, you can choose where you want to go. You can watch whoever you want uh, if you've got enough coin, that is. You know, yeah. there's... There's food. There's entertainment. There's even a. The, 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 you reckon Village Green's good, Jace? Then uh, <laughs> where do you get the Australian Open? Trust me. Um, the, um, the, it's 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 there's something for everyone, and uh, I, should, I should get a job at the Australian Open marketing team here. But um, it, it is easily easily the best sporting event uh, I've been to. Uh, Craig Tiley's paid you well. Jace, you and I need to go to uh, to the Australian Open together, right, mate? Because it's both on our bucket list. So Yeah, that, well, that'll be dangerous because I don't think we'd see one match or, or no. one ball. I'm telling you, we, we would just be outside the course the whole time. Oh, yeah, we'd love the village screen far too much. At least there's big screens. All right, boys, it's time to get stuck into Root of the Week. 
Now, Jace, for the third week, have you brought something, please? You haven't brought anything. You're not even speaking. You haven't brought anything. Jace Kemp. Oh, mate. Well, he's been too busy rehearsing. Oh. Well, how many how many days is it now? It's 28 days to the big day. Goodness me. All right. Well, good thing I've got some backup for you again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Friday. You've uh, by now everyone's seen this during the week if you're uh, any interested in sport. But this is fantastic. Chris Lynn has absolutely butchered some other team in the Premier Queensland T20 competition. It's um it's a scoreline which is just uh it's made for video games really. 154 runs in a T20 is absurd in itself. Chris Lynn has hit 154. Guess how many balls it took? 55. 55 only. He's hit 154 runs of 55 balls, and that's included 20 sixes. That's a root of the week. Jeez, how's the, how's the bowling coach for the other team going? Is, is he a, a job seeker, isn't he now? Fair dinkum. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's that's a route. I hope uh, <laughs> I hope he didn't get dropped on one or two or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> or it's plum L B second ball. <laughs> like nine overs, is it? That's basically nine or ten overs that he's, yeah. that he's hit that that's phenomenal. That's unbelievable. Well, well, 154 is a good score in a T twenty for a team. Yeah. Not a batsman, a team. A team hit two hundred and sixty six for six. And how's this? They also had Matty Renshaw on their team. They're going okay. He hit 55 off 29. This is just – how how stacked can you be? This team's going all right. So well Jeez, done. Well that, that, that's good news for Strikers fans that Matty Renshaw's hitting them yeah. in the middle. Yeah, it is. He's playing for the Strikers this year. Very good news for Adelaide. Jeez. Imagine playing <laughs> district cricket – T20 and rolling up and there's Chris Lynn and Matty Renshaw. Jeez, you'd, you'd oh. tweak a calf in the warm-up, yep. wouldn't you? Oh, gee, I don't feel good today, Skip. Oh, I don't think my 110-kilometer-an-hour medium pacer dibbly dobblers to Chris Lynn's going to oh. trouble him all that much. Imagine being, uh, imagine being the spinner. Normally in these T20 matches, they start with a spinner. Imagine being in. <laughs> all right, mate, there's uh, Matty Renshaw. You go and oh. send a couple of offies from you just first up. Oh, he's been... Carted, and how's this? I'm just looking at the scorecard. Chris Lynn came in at number three, so getting rid of uh, the number one batsman f- off the fourth ball, that's probably not their best move. They've uh, they've kind of shot themselves in the foot there. So, so the, so the game plan should yeah. have been not to take a wicket. Yeah, don't take a wicket, otherwise don't Chris is in. <laughs> Might have worked out better for him. All right, it's time for pass or fast. Can we get an ironing board out there on the sideline? Absolutely farcical. It's farcical. 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 We're playing out of farce. It's a farce. It ends farcically. The rules are a farce. What a farce. Farcical goal. That sounds farcical. 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 It's a bit of a farce. It's a disgrace. Rightio. Once again, Archie gets the big snub. Once again. Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. Gee whiz. It's like we're running on a treadmill here. We're just, <laughs> just trying so hard and going nowhere. Sorry yeah. about that. <laughs> All right. Uh, for, well, this caught my eye uh, um, during the week. Uh, the Crows, Tuggers' mighty Crows, has, uh, have uh, released their kit or jumpers or Guernseys or whatever you want to call them for uh, next season. And uh, – the Clash Guernsey is uh, now a yellow version 
of the home Guernsey. So uh, the Crows uh, turning to yellow uh, as their clash Guernsey for 2021. Pass or farce? I was very yep. quick to, uh, when Jay sent this in our group message the other night, very quick to jump on it and say, what the hell is this? But I was very quickly, again, like convinced that this is a great-looking Guernsey. Didn't take me long. I, I really like it. It's a pass. Yeah, I love the gold. I think the gold uh, it, it suits the Crows more than perhaps um, the the blue. So I, I'm a ma- massive fan. It sort of winds back the clock. Um, they've had they've toiled with the uh, the gold a few times before, but I think this this time they get it right because if they stick with the traditional tricolors. They just change the the one color from the blue to the the gold, and and all of a sudden they've got a ripper jersey. They don't have to rip a guernsey. They don't have to go about you know recreating the wheel. They just have to go and you know. Do what they've done before, so yeah. I, I, I pass for me. Yeah, huge pass. It should, should have been done ages ago. Like when class jumpers come in, all, all your all um, sporting organisations or uh, clubs have to do is uh, just keep the same design and, and tinker with the colours. Yep. It, it it works perfectly. And uh, big pass. Oh, I love it. And uh, hopefully they roll out the yellow shorts with it too. That that'll. Oh. Re- oh. No, that's pass. No, that's pass. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think. I like the red one. Remember, you have to yes. have the red one. I love that one. I think they need to bring that back too. It's a bit I, of a as a because sometimes they have a, well, a third Guernsey. It's like another Clash Guernsey. So yeah, um, so maybe they should roll that one out soon as well. I saw yeah. um, I saw a design of that exact red Guernsey. I might even share it on the press box Twitter page for people to have a vote for. I think that is almost better than the yellow one because we used to have a red one years ago. It looked good. So just rotate the colours. That's all you need to do. Keep the design. Rotate the colours. Common sense, people. It does happen sometimes. Uh, Rodio, uh, next one uh, about this. Uh, uh, speaking of a Channel 9 commentary team, uh, Ian Chappell during the week has come out and said that uh, switch hitting should be banned. So what about Ian Chappell saying uh, ban switch hitting? Fast or fast? No, nah, massive fast. I think innovation is a good thing for the game. It's entertaining for the game. It's the one shot out of the three one days that we actually spoke about on this podcast because it was a phenomenal piece of stroke play. Pass for me. Glenn Maxwell has half changed the game for everyone because he's just the one that practices them the most. So good on him. If you can do it and you can execute it, go your hardest. Pass. So what you're saying is to me is that if Glenn Maxwell had have done what he did the other night and that big switch hit six, that all of a sudden the umpires would have waved their hands and gone, no, 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 it's, 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 that's not part of the game. <laughs> yeah. That's, you get penalised for that. It makes no sense. It yeah. makes no sense. It's just like he's spinning his tyres by saying something like that. And you want to be, as, you want players to go out there and be as creative as they can by hitting the ball, not, not, to, not to, you know, tie one hand behind their back. That just seems like a complete farce. Big fast, Chappelle. Come on, turn it up, Chappelle. It's not 1973. Uh, and, and surely, uh, and I reckon even if you go all the way back to Bradman, I reckon Bradman would have had enough skill to do a switch hit. It was just wasn't. Oh, wow. Imagine, surely. Imagine that. The, 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 the man could hit a cricket, uh, hit a golf ball, a cricket stump. I reckon he would have uh, been able to turn around and hit a left-handed six, I reckon. Oh, um, but uh, a big fast, Chappelle, because you are having a crack at my man, the big show. So <laughs> you're a fast, Ian Chappell. Switch hitting, big pass. All right. Uh, we'll stick with the cricket and uh, we'll stick with uh, the, the uniform theme too. What about India's retro kits? Fast or fast? Oh, you'd be alive when this uh, when these T20 oh, – sorry, when these World Cup goons were around, weren't they? Uh, back in 94, was it, Dale? The World Cup tops? Not- 
the 92 World Cup. 92. When, uh, Australia, Australia hosts the World Cup and oh. Australia where and uh, didn't get anywhere, but uh, the uniforms <laughs> were spot on. Oh, mate, these are, and the India have nailed theirs. It's modern mixed with heritage. Oh, love, love, love it. Huge pass. Probably the biggest pass of this uh, of this week. Yeah, huge pass for me as well, Sam. They've gone back and had a touch of history, but also a bit of a modern feel to it. It, it looks great, and I think they've hit the nail on the head with this one. So a massive pass. Huge pass. Uh, absolutely loved it. Uh, the only fast thing about it is the Aussie should have been in theirs too. Yeah. That, that's what I reckon. That the Aussie should have wheeled, wheeled out theirs as well, should have really taken it back uh, to 1992. That would have been the icing on the cake. Uh, well, well, England actually during the World Cup, uh, what was it, 2018, uh, 2019, the World Cup, They um their, their design is exactly the 92 World Cup, except they just sort of made it more modern by just doing a, a different lot of colours of blue on the top. But they, they've taken the same design. I love how yeah. everyone in world cricket's done the whole uh, retro stuff. I think it's great. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And uh, I want the Kiwis in brown again. That, uh, that's ah. what I want to see. Um, speaking of kits, what about the Aussies? Uh, now that there's an Indigenous kit on the uh, on the Australian cricket team. So how about that one, pass or fast? Yeah, they're wearing them for the T20s. It's like black with a, an orangey, brown, yellowy sort of um, indigenous design. I think it's fantastic. These the kits are getting better and better, aren't they? I'm I'm big fan. Big kit designers this week. They're getting a huge pass. Big tick from us. Yeah, I love the design as well. I think it, how it sort of flows. It sort of starts about halfway down, and, mm. then, and then and it goes down the sleeves as well. It looks it looks phenomenal. So yeah, massive tick from me as well. Pass. Big pass, big pass. The passes galore. Yes. I've done some pretty poor research here. The passes galore. But uh, no, nah, love it. Big pass. And uh, the, the, the the indigenous kits in any sport mm. look look the best to mine. They easily look the best. And uh, the Aussie cricket one is uh, no exception. Uh, okay, so we'll go to the – we'll stay at the cricket. Now, we'll, uh, I want to stay at the cricket because uh, one of the one of the big talking points from um, don't know what game it was, but uh, it was one one of the three. I think it was the I think it was Friday night. Uh, they uh, in between balls because the over rate was so slow. They uh, panned over, and uh, old mate proposed to his girlfriend <laughs> in the crowd. So an Indian fan has proposed to his Australian girlfriend. In the crowd, and uh, happily she said yes, and uh, uh, they're going to uh, get married and live happy ever after. So congratulations! But I want to know: proposing at a sporting event, pass or fast? If if my partner Amelia liked sport, I'd probably do the same thing. <laughs> I think it's, I actually like. You know what? I think it's I think it's hilarious, but it's just it's just great. It's a good vibe, especially if it, if it all goes to plan. How's how good was Jared Walsh? Our, our great mate Walshy. He um he was there doing the emceeing for the uh, the one days, and he actually interviewed them after they uh, after they did the proposal. They had the cameras clearly on them, ready to go. They knew it was going to come, and um. I can't believe they've been dating for a year and a half and they're uh, already doing the old get-on-the-knee stuff. That's incredible. But, no, nah, big pass. I, I liked it. 
Yeah, it's a huge pass for me. I can't imagine how nervous that would have that bloke would have been. Mm. Not only is he proposing to a bird that he's only he's probably just you know <laughs> <laughs> just some bird, his fiance or his girlfriend. He's only known it for he's only known it for eighteen months, so he's hardly <laughs> racing from that already. Oh. But then he's got the national spotlight on him because uh, all the cameras are panned over to him. So that bloke, he must have uh, he must have. Uh, I was going to say ball. Are still, but you <laughs> must, must, uh, must be confident, man. Because uh, I just I couldn't do something like that. That takes oh. that takes a lot of courage, and uh, that's a that's a massive pass for me. I think the term you uh, needed, Jace, was hairy beanbags. <laughs> <laughs> it, it went it went internationally as well. India was taking the feed, so so all the in, billions of Indians would have seen it as well. That's a massive audience. What if it went wrong? Oh boy. <laughs> If she said no. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine how well uh, she would have been having a sit between them, interviewing them afterwards. <laughs> a bit frosty. <laughs> uh, oh. No, big pass. Big pass purely, purely because of the hairy beanbag element. That would have taken a lot. Uh, big pass, mate. Well, well done. And uh, just, just as you've just mentioned, Tuggers, uh, what if she said no? Mm. Uh, if you can, you can YouTube. Uh, sporting event proposals that have gone wrong and there's heaps from the uh, baseball and the NBA and it's just 15, oh. 15 20 minutes of just car crash just car crashes oh. and and slap, and slaps in the face and and drinks getting poured oh. over heads oh i got to watch this now that's my Try, do yourself a favor molly mildrum style <laughs> yes and watch it because uh, just it's just it's probably Funnier than than actually uh, <laughs> uh, saying yes. So, uh, uh, but uh, no, nah, but big pass uh, proposing uh, in front of yeah, you're right, a billion people on TV in India. Where are we? I couldn't have done that. Um, what about the next one? Uh, we are all about the glove box here. We like uh, betting, but uh, did you catch uh, the Powerball numbers <laughs> from South Africa this week? Did you? <laughs> Clearly, I didn't have a ticket in it, or maybe, maybe did we have a ticket? No, no we probably didn't. not. Um, but uh, <laughs> the South African Powerball numbers. Pass or fast. So, for those who haven't caught up, this is incredible. I haven't seen this. So you need to explain this. So okay. I haven't seen it. All right. So, yeah. so the the South African Powerball has obviously uh, everyone's got their up and arms and up in the air and and annoyed. They think it's rigged because the numbers came up. You won't believe this: five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> That's the Powerball numbers <laughs> for one <laughs> night, and everyone's gone instantly. Just gone. Rigged. <laughs> no. Um, well, what are we passing or fasting? Just the fact that it's in the row. Oh, just w- w- however you want to. However you want to decipher it. Uh, fast because that's um. It probably probably was rigged somehow. I don't know. I'm just jumping on board the the the, the fastical wagon here. Now that's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm guessing the odds of that actually happening is probably like a billion to one. I, I, I don't, I don't know, but it, it'd have to be up there. So it, it's got to be a pass. We've, we've witnessed <laughs> something that probably will never happen again. So that has, that's a pass in my book. 
I remember from uh, maths at high school, uh, the, the, the the chance to win the lottery is one one in 39 million. Wow. That's uh, one, of, one of the only things I remember from uh, wow. high school mathematics, but uh, I do remember that one. So uh, every time I buy a lottery ticket, I'm like, oh, 39 million uh, chance <laughs> to win. No, fast, sure, fast. Yeah. Someone's, someone's won pretty big there. Um Oh, uh, you have to. We have to go back and look at the dividends. If there's only think, one winner, no, I think if like there's 20, only one winner. I think it was like it, twenty people that had like that. This set of numbers. I don't know if they got them all, but there was a share of twenty winners. They were the top, top range. How are the how are the OCD, smells really bad to me. How would the OCD people be going if it came up five, six, seven, eight, nine, eleven? <laughs> That'd really irk me. That'd be fast as well. Yeah, that would be fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, and uh, I'm just uh, I'm just a bit uh, shattered that I, I didn't have uh, a a ticket and B those numbers. Yeah. Um, the next one, uh, uh, our dear friend uh, Hutto Jack, Jack Hudson. Oh yes, um, he's uh, been uh, been talking during the week, and he's uh, he's let it slip that uh, his lovely new wife Dana mm. hates Hutto oh. saying farce. Oh. Fars has been so listening to us. So Hado's uh, number one uh, listen to um, um, show on Spotify this year is us. Yes, and he put that on Twitter. So thank you very much. But his lovely new wife hates him <laughs> saying fars because he's listened to us, or probably me. Yeah, you too much. <laughs> you to blame. So Mrs. Hudson. Pass or fast. Oh, so she hates him because he says fast. That's horrible. No, she hates him saying <laughs> fast. No, that no, that is a fast. What's her name, Mrs. Hutto? You're a fast. Uh, Come on, Dana. Dana, jump on board. Dana Hutto, Mrs. Hutto, jump on board. Jack knows what's good for you. This is this is this is the way of life. You have to get on board the fast train because we know best here on the press box. I tell you. Just calling out what farces are in the world, you are one of them right now, and and we just have to lift you to the higher standard of of living with the farce. Dana, Dana, <laughs> saying farce is what we're all about here at the press box. This is all we talk about, and if your husband's listening to us as his number one podcast show, then he's more than welcome to say it. And if this causes some sort of division in your marriage, and I'm sorry, he might have to walk because that is a complete farce of you not letting him say the word farce. And if you can't handle it, Dana, then you might just have to ship off. <laughs> She's been shipped off. Yes. Gee whiz. Oh, Gee. boy. <laughs> well, the, the, the DJ's mixed it up there, hasn't he? We're not going to be popular yeah, at the dinner party when we Ooh. go to Hutto's place, are we? <laughs> Jeez, Our food's going to be poisoned. Don't, don't think Dana's coming uh, New Year's Eve, are we? Nope. We? <laughs> Gee, um, but Dana, oh. come on, seriously, fast, fast, come on. Let, 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 the, man, let the man say the... the the most said word on, uh, well, podcast, probably history, really now, uh, to be <laughs> frank. Um, surely, fast. Come on, Mrs. Hutto. And uh, I reckon what you should do is uh, Christmas is coming around the corner. I reckon Jack needs a puppy dog, and I reckon you should call him or her fast. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's a big <laughs> ask. 
Dale, I reckon, you know what, Dale? You it's know, embracing it. Embrace Dale, the farce. I think, I think we need to embrace the... I think we need to trademark the word farce. Do you reckon we could do that? Can we can we trade trademark the word? Well, uh, uh, avid listeners out there, if if you are a lawyer, please uh, <laughs> please call one of us. <laughs> Just add us on Twitter. We'll make it happen. We're going to trademark fast by the end of uh, end of next year. <laughs> yeah, otherwise someone will copy it, won't they? Yep. Oh, gee whiz. Uh, Radio, uh, Jace. Uh, the last one, uh, you, you're going to love this. Uh, you think, you think uh, DJ Kemp from uh, circa 2013 was uh, was uh, scandalous? But how about this? Uh, I've, uh, on uh, Twitter this week, I've I've been scrolling down, and uh, yesterday or Wednesday, I think it was, um, I uh, was scrolling and scrolling, and then then I saw this post with a photo, and I. Luckily, luckily, I was nowhere near any hard surfaces because I dropped my phone. It, was, it hit the carpet, and it was from the Crowject Pro- Podcast. Oh, the Crowject Podcast have tweeted that next Wednesday night they are doing a live episode and a video live stream at the Arkabar Hotel, and the guest, the special guest. Is Sam Tugwell? You're <laughs> kidding me, aren't you? It's the oh, Sam Tugwell on. show again. Oh, come on. So, me, 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 pass or fast? <laughs> I tell you what, Sam, if we decide to record next Wednesday night and you're not available, you might as well pack your bags, mate. Because <laughs> it's one in, all in over here. If you're put halfway out the tent, you might as well just keep on walking. It sounds like Dale, it sounds like Dale he's made up his mind already. He's, uh, he's on to bigger and better things and he's going to take over the project. He's, he's dominated this show enough. That he's decided to go, and not only that, live, live at the Arkabar. Live at the Arkabar. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. this bloke anymore. Who are we talking about? Tim Tugwell, the one and only live at the uh, the Arkabar. But in all seriousness, it's uh, it's a farce. <laughs> 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 it's got to be right. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on! Now the project, they're great. I've, I've I've known them for about a year or two. They are awesome guys and and gals. There's a couple of girls with them. They are just a, a fantastic group. They're massive, passionate crows fans, and um, they talk all things crows. And every year at the draft, they go to the Arkabar and do a show. And this year they're doing it live. And and can I just say, by throwing me under the bus, it's a bit unfair because you're also throwing the great Will Goodings under the bus because he's going to be there as well. So it's not just me, everyone. There's a host of people that are going along to be part of this of this event, and they treat me as a friend of the show. So I'm heading along as a guest. So I'm I'm excited and looking forward to it. But boys, we'll we'll make we'll make sure we get the pod done. Don't worry. We will be joined by our Patreon subscriber <laughs> plus friend of the pod. Rowie's Sports Show's very own Sam Tugwell. Oh, okay. oh, there is a Xbox mention in there too. Oh. That's purely that's, that's because it popped up on my feed. Oh, are, but, you, uh, are you wearing your glasses, mate? It says we will be joined by our Patreon subscribers, the listeners of their show. I'm, oh, come on, bloody switch your eyes on, mate. You're a Patreon subscriber, mate. I don't. You'll be there in your new yellow clash <laughs> jumper, flog hat, scarf. <laughs> oh, seriously. Mate. It's close. It, it, it it's up there. It it's it could it could be in the uh, in the nominations for or Fast uh, Five or 
Well, it's close. It, it's extremely close. There's some big fasts uh, this year. But, uh, but, but Jason, what do you reckon next Wednesday night we grab a schnitty at the Yakima? What do you go reckon? On. Yeah, come on. I think so. I think we have to be part of this audience. <laughs> yeah, go on. We can't, we can't let it slide. We've got to bring the team. it's not happening. No, we we've got to bring the team. We have to bring the team. Jace, I think next Wednesday night we uh, uh, go to the Yakima, yes. g- g- grab a snitty, yes. and and wear the prison bars. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's that. that's rude. I'm all for that. <laughs> and, and 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 just storm storm the live stream. <laughs> oh, do not. That that's just rude. But oh. uh, the, the last farce of of this this episode yes. is what about where's me? Where, where's my love? I've throw me under the bus for a change. Where's my embarrassment? You're a boring old. Where's that coming? Boring old man. Oh, well, that's that's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> that's as stiff as it gets. Is that it? Are we out? Is that is that all the fastest or fastest for today? Goodness uh, gracious! Yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think there was a world record, but uh, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, there was some uh, elite elite content there. Oh. I, I couldn't skip over any of them. No, that, that's probably one of our. That's the longest pass or fast segment of the year, and also the whole episode was just about pass or fast anyway. So, no, nah, good effort, men. Um, we're counting down to New Year's Eve. We look forward to that. Jace Kemp is going to be uh, rolling oh. out the hits. <laughs> And um and, and if twenty twenty could not get any worse, it's gonna finish. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to you boys. We'll all have a drink together. We're all gonna to be really close by, so we'll have to do that for sure. Good. And also, uh we are also counting down to at some point, hopefully, fingers up bloody crossed that we can team up with best team and podcast, because we've been promising yeah. that probably since the start of the year. So uh looking forward to that as well. Guys, another good show. <laughs> We'll see you next week. Yeah, see you, boys. And uh, I can see all the uh, tire marks from the buses on both of your faces. <laughs> so <it's> good. <laughs> see you next week, everyone.